0: You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. So uh, let's uh, close the show talking about a classic moment that cemented a classic rivalry. So it is another edition of This Week in Knicks History. And today we remember one of the most hated villains in Knicks lore, Reggie Miller. It was on June 1st, 1994, that Miller scored 25 points in the fourth quarter to lead the Pacers to a game five win over the Knicks in the 1994 Eastern Conference Finals. Miller finished the game with 39 points and had the infamous moment, uh, trash talking Spike Lee, where he, uh, you know, does the choke sign over his neck and grabs his crotch as right as uh, him and Lee were on back and forth for most of that fourth quarter. The Knicks. By many accounts, for a lot of people who were covering the team during that time and covering the NBA, they were left for dead after losing that Game Five. And sometimes, when you think about history, you would thought the Pacers would have won that series, given how much that game gets talked about and played. But uh, the Knicks actually would go into Indiana, win a Game Six, a big performance from John Starks, then and then come back home and win Game Seven back at Madison Square Garden to clinch a trip to the NBA Finals. So uh, the series between the Knicks and Pacers that was the second one in three straight years of matchups in the postseason what do you remember most about that game in particular Tommy uh I remember being upset
1: it was a Wednesday night <laughs> at, that had that, that game five um and 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 really feeling like again gotta remember the context the Knicks were on the, the verge of the NBA finals you know um without Jordan this was their Unquestionably, obviously, their best chance they just beating the Bulls in the second round um, yeah. in a tough seven game series, um, series tied at two two, and, and Reggie explodes. Um, but having faith that this team was was smart enough, strong enough, tough enough. Um, and, and, and having the belief that those guys could go into Indiana and get a W and that's exactly what they did Friday night, two nights later. Um, I I, personally, my favorite John Starks game, you know, we talked about the dunk obviously, um, but that game six in Indiana, um, again, for Mr. Clutch, Reggie Miller, he had the, the NBA finals on a silver platter. It wasn't just the Knicks best chance to win an NBA championship. It was the Pacers best chance to win an NBA championship because they had to deal with the Bulls as well. And the Knicks. Starks goes into Indiana, 26 points on eight of 11 shooting, five of six from three, six assists, three steals. Um, Mr. Miller, on the other hand, eight of 21 from the floor, two of seven from downtown, nine of 12 from the free throw line, Um, three turnovers um, outplayed by John Starks. No other way to put it. Um, Spike was actually sitting uh, on the on the sideline in Indiana. Um, Starks walking off the walking off the court, you know, pointing to his chest um, after the game. Um, See you guys in Sunday. Was the was the quotes from from many of the Knicks, including Patrick Ewing. And my goodness, did Patrick Ewing deliver um, in Game Seven? And arguably the, the the biggest game of the the best game of his career. Um, you know that that Game Seven win over Indiana, um, 94-90. Patrick scores twenty four points. Um, Grabs 22 rebounds, dishes out seven assists, blocks five shots. Um, just a quintessential Patrick Ewing game. Um, so it, yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you mentioned it like Reggie Miller's a villain, you know, in, 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 the, in Knicks lore. Um, but to me, it's, uh, you, you, if you look at things in context, he, you know, when the, when the, in the biggest spots, the biggest moments he didn't deliver, whereas, uh, the right. Knicks and, and Starks did. So I think that it kind of gets lost in the shuffle. Um, I think of, uh, uh the, the, the grander conversation, but Knicks fans certainly remember that game six and that game seven from that series.
0: So, so. My question is, why do you feel like there is this different attitude towards Reggie Miller as opposed to Patrick Ewing? Is it because Miller has these, I guess, these moments where he's hit these big shots against the Knicks? Because these are two guys who never won a title, uh, guys who came up short in the end. But for some reason, like Ewing gets this kind of thing. Oh, he didn't get it done when it mattered most and he choked when it mattered most. But Reggie Miller, he gets this praise as his ultimate clutch player, this guy who carried his team on his back. And, you know, the only reason why he didn't win is because he didn't have enough help. Like, why do you feel like that dichotomy exists between uh, Reggie and Patrick? It's a great question, EJ, and it's one I've kind of dedicated
1: uh, uh, my Twitter existence to, as you know, is the, is the constantly pointing out the hypocrisy there of Reggie Miller being Mr. Clutch and Patrick Ewing being a choke artist when in reality, um, it, things couldn't be further from the truth. Um, or I shouldn't say further, they couldn't be further from the truth, but just there's there's a lot more there. There's a lot more substance, yeah. and, and, and personally, they patrick's career is far superior to reggie's especially in i mean 24 22 75 in a game seven show me where reggie miller approached that in an easy conference finals game seven um but i i to to directly answer your question i think a lot of it has to do with i relate it back to some of the talk coming into this finals casual fans aren't going to tune in it's not an exciting nba finals um, it's boring. The the Nuggets, you can't embrace them. I, I disagree. I, I think they play a beautiful brand of basketball. Yeah. I think Jokic's story is incredible, but he doesn't talk a lot. He doesn't – you know, he's not flamboyant. He's not going to give choke signs. He's not going to, you know, get in Reggie yeah. Miller's face or some other, you know, Laker fan's face. Um, he's yeah. not going to, you know, uh, say crazy stuff on in post-game press conferences. He's not going to do anything wild on social media. He's just going to go about his day, live his life. And, and you know, and Patrick Ewing was the same way way a little bit rigid with the media a lot of had to do with the incredible racial animosity he dealt with uh, coming up as jamaican immigrant in in, in uh, on the northeast in boston absolutely People at Georgetown holding, throwing bananas at him, you know, all this stuff kind of, you know, it it factors into the the person and the player that, you know, and and as a result, he was standoffish with general, you know, he built the wall up against general and public. A lot of that had to do with uh, and that kind of manifested itself in his relationship with the media. To his credit, he never ducked press conferences. He always answered questions. He wasn't as, um, you know, eloquent maybe as you would like. He wasn't as silly or goofy or funny as Reggie Miller. Um, but I think a lot of that, you know, and then and the, plus you get kind of the Goliath against the, you know, the Reggie Miller kind of, the, they're the underdog from the mi- Midwest. Um, and they were kind of embraced as media darlings hoping to knock off this big, bad, brutish, bully, Pat Riley Patrick Ewing, you know. you know, kind of juggernaut. So I think a lot of that kind of played into, um, you know, a lot of the non-partial, non-New Yorkers. And I've learned this as I kind of got older because I asked myself those same questions and, and being around the league for 15, 20 years now, I have a broader context that I can see kind of outside my insulated New York bubble. It's, you know, there's, there's certain players kind of embrace the the the, the, the public's imagination so, they're going to generate a lot kinder response. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with um, how we look in, in retrospect in their careers. A lot of people were hoping Patrick Ewing would fail, and a lot of people were rooting for Reggie Miller to succeed because we would get this standoff with uh, Spike Lee that even the New York tabloids ate it up and loved it. Um, oh, yeah. You know, Patrick Ewing playing well and doing kind of boring, you know, pump fake shots is not as exciting as Reggie Miller shooting threes and theatrics and the drama that was involved there. So, I, 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 it's a, it's an interesting question to kind of analyze, but I think that's kind of has a lot to do with it.
0: I think that a lot of that is is really true when it comes to the, the dichotomy between Patrick and Reggie. I think you know Reggie has has made a successful career in the TV business as well, yeah. and that that has allowed him to. Uh, Continue to kind of talk about these stories, and and again, I think for a lot of people, they don't right maybe maybe know the history of how those Knicks Pacers series went. Most of the time, the Knicks won most of them. Um, I I do want to want to want to play some of the the last moments in that game with Reggie Miller going off in uh, Game Five. This is of course um, the great Marv Albert on the call uh, talking about the game, uh, Game Five. Uh, this is the Easter Conference Finals between the Knicks and the Pacers. That
1: has been a major factor. Miller open again. his put on the line. That's a two-pointer. And Reggie Miller in an animated discussion with Spike Lee, who is an ardent Knicks fan and has a four-side seat. I think Spike has... Reggie uh, Miller losing John Starks this time for the wide open shot. His right foot was on the line, and Reggie will have something to say to Spike Lee. A 12 to 2 run now by the Pacers as Pat Riley, after that timeout, came out with Derek Harper and John Starks. Not happy at all with the way Greg Anthony and Hubert Davis were defending. And Reggie Miller is a count of 10 of the 12 Indiana points here in the fourth quarter. Reggie Miller giving the choke side to Spike Lee. Spike is appealing to the official
0: Dan Crawford. I don't think that Spike realizes he's not in the game. Spike no- <laughs> uh, not realize he's not part of the game. There, <laughs> it was great theater. There's no two ways Absolutely. about it.
1: Like even on even on the uh, on the abusive side of, of that relationship, it was. Uh, there's no denying that it was. You know that it was. It was great theater. Great theatrics.
0: Yeah, and shout and, and out to Spike Lee for playing a part in that. I think in many ways, like, you know, Spike Lee is an awesome director, one of the greatest filmmakers of his generation, of course. But I think that this series, these games with the, the Pacers, absolutely elevated his profile as well. A lot of people uh, maybe who would not have gone to see his movies became familiar with Spike Lee, you know, because of him being the Super Knicks fan sitting front row. And it's funny, watching the clips of this these games, like, spike looks totally different in terms of like the stuff he's wearing like there i think he's wearing like just like a some regular clothes like maybe he's wearing like a a, maybe like a jackie robinson jersey whatever yeah yeah yeah. yeah. yeah, but like you watch these you see him now he looks like the you know the garden court jester i mean he's got the blue and orange glasses he's got like a blue jacket with orange pants you know and a knicks jersey with a knicks hat on like he, he like it's it's totally different. Like there, he looks kind of like a normal person who maybe normal celebrity who went to a game, and then now he goes there and he's like you know like the guy in, in L.A. Clipper Darrow. He's like you know he's like Nick Spike with all the different stuff he's wearing. So I always find that funny, um, seeing how much Spike has changed in terms of how much he's embraced being you know the the unofficial mascot of uh, of uh, of um of the Knicks. Yeah, I mean those that, that pace of rivalry, it, it is special. You know, there's no question about it. Like you know, I. I grew up as a kid being too young to really remember these games in this series. But then coming into 99, 2000, where, like, it felt like the rivalry kind of got heightened back up again because the Knicks and pacers, once again, find themselves at the height of the Eastern Conference, both teams competing for Eastern Conference finals back-to-back years. And so much of that history that was instilled and it was shown over and over again of Reggie hitting these big shots. It may it added some juice to the to the late '90s Knicks as well. I think the fact that they had a familiar opponent they were going up against for a lot of Knicks fans, even though some of the names uh, changed. But it is important to note the Knicks found a way to win that series. They won in '93. They beat them in '94, '95. Pacers got uh, got got their win in Game Seven, and that was of course the end of the Pat Riley era with the Knicks. So uh, it's fun to talk about. Uh, shout out to. Uh, i guess reggie miller i did think it was funny that you know the pacers posted the picture the twitter the team's twitter cap posted the picture and then it was just flooded with nick fans saying you lost you lost that series you lost and it kind of reminds me like we were talking about this on actually um i think i was talking about it on uh the da show and this was actually with sean marash and andrew bogus like there are so many moments in nba history where that are kind of forgotten because teams didn't win championships or or didn't win even that series and we talked about Derek White maybe being one of those moments it's interesting how Reggie Miller that game in that choke sign does not get associated with them losing and it's not forgotten like we right. still think about that as one of these all-time NBA moments and and perhaps it's like you mentioned a lot of the racial dichotomy happening with and, you know, people not liking Patrick Ewing, uh, people wanting to root for the, the Midwestern underdog. But it's it's fascinating that the Reggie Miller thing, doesn't matter how the story ended, that moment in the story still uh, has resonated with NBA fans for generations now.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, unlike the the Andy Chavez catch and, you know, some of the other right. moments, at least the Pacers didn't win that game. So you obviously give, give Reggie credit for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just in, in terms of the of the series, etc. Um, that yeah, I, I, again, I, I think, you know, um, I think and, and one of the reasons I think there was kind of such the, the animosity between Nick fans and Reggie Miller was because like, Obviously they hated Michael Jordan because he broke their heart again and again and again, but you respected Michael Jordan just because of the way he, can, you know, the, the, as talented right. as he was and he got the job done and he would go on, to not only beat the Knicks, but he, you know, win the championship and, you know, kind of made you feel like he got eliminated by the, by the eventual champion. There, there wasn't that same level of respect for Reggie Miller, the player kind of a flopper. Yeah. Um, you know, Reggie Jordan. Miller had only
0: made one all-star game prior to this game. <laughs> one all-star game his entire career up until that point.
1: It's amazing, like the, you, you, you know, um, yeah. You look at his numbers, and and I've written about this actually. I'll, I'll pull up the file. Anyone that that's interested, um, hit me up. I forgot even what outlet I wrote it for, but I just talked about how he's one of the most overrated players in NBA history. I mean, his career points per game average, his field goal percentage, you know, just you, you think of this out, you know. And again, I think a lot of that's to do with he's on TNT and he's become a yeah. celebrity. A lot of that has to do with Spike, and they both. He a three-point
0: record for a long time. I think that that goes a long way as well. Totally,
1: he was kind of the the, the forefather of. Uh, of the three-point gunners. Um, and he was better suited to play in today's NBA, that, you know. Yeah, NBA, definitely. Back in those days. Um, but, uh, yeah, but, uh, you know, for all those different reasons, he's kind of looked at as this legendary mythic figure. Um, and I think it bothers Nick fans that, you know, that Ewing isn't isn't kind of held to the same standard um, and not respected and, and, and revered in the same way. So I think that is one of the reasons that kind of, uh,
0: you know, that, that, that kind of festered in the relationship between the two. Yeah, only uh three all NBA teams he's never made it more than the third team. I mean, like Julius Randall's already been already makes <laughs> already made two and he's already been a second all NBA player. If you told somebody that he was on a you no know, he was on a path to have a career from so the Reggie Miller, you know, they would look at you like you were on Mars. But yep, yep. uh this this is it's a very interesting thing, to think about Mr. Reggie Miller.